Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Did you have a good Sunday? I, I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been, yeah. you know. Travell preached a good word. Really good word. Man, Travell can preach. He can preach. Everybody, y'all, it'll, y'all go to RedeemerFellowship.org mm-hmm. and listen to Travell preach. On uh, on Christ instructing his disciples after the resurrection, he mm-hmm. actually preached too much. He preached into what I'm supposed to preach on next week because he's not <laughs> as disciplined as he should be. Nevertheless, it was a very good sermon. Haven't you done that before? Never. Actually, recently. Never. <gasps> no, 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 yes, you did. Recently, no, you did. Who? No, I did chunks, that on purpose, though. You did. I changed my chunks, mind. Two and, chunks of passages and did them at the, on yeah, the same. But I'm Sunday. allowed to. So he is not? No, oh, well, you know what? Actually, you're right. He is not. No, it's actually fine. So, uh, yeah, really good word, man. Great worship today. And we had the church picnic. Mm, Dave's Dave Slow Food. That was some good barbecue. Really, really good. Yep. Good day. I'm pooped. We got a lot to do today. Yeah. And I got to record some. We got to bank some podcasts. We got to bank some? Why? Why, why? why do we got to bank, Joe? Because uh, you're leaving. They're going oh, on I'm vacation leaving? again. Yeah. Oh, is that yeah. it? Yeah. Jimmy's going to Vegas. Oh, oh, am I the only one going to Vegas? No, your friend Greg's going to show up out yep, there. Yep. And, uh, and Andrew's going to show up out there. And. All going to a fight and or something. And. I'm going to. That's right. <laughs> we leave tomorrow. Now, I'm yeah. ready. I, w- I went and got some more shoes. I saw that. You went to DSW. I got some more shoes. That's so weird. Why? I needed a white. My, my shoes weren't as white as they needed to be. White? Yeah. Okay. So yep. you, you got um, fashion sneakers. That's what you got. Um, yeah. Okay. I don't know if they're fashion yeah. sneakers. Uh, how much were they? Irrelevant. Fashion sneakers. Irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then a couple other pairs. Mm-hmm. All right. Two other pairs, and then you know. Did you get a seven and a half for me? No, no, no I did not. Okay. No, I did not. Never mind. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm ready. I'm good. I'm, I'm good to go. Good for the thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just going to just be a lot of fun, and I'm just I'm just pumped and ready to go. Well, I'm glad that you are. I'm not going to even address what you're doing right here. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm going with Jimmy. It's going to be a fun little getaway and uh you know what? We'll probably share some uh, some some little vacation, little uh, D&D getaway, oh, couples retreat. Couples retreat. I can't uh, wait to hit that pool, man. Yeah, so yeah, if you have any ideas of things we should do in Vegas, go ahead and uh, hashtag us. Oh, is that your phone? Yeah, it's my wife texting me even though she knows we're recording. Mm. And here it is. Okay. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> and last night we had a good night. We did. We watched the fights. We watched the fights, but then we also had a, a we went out for dinner together. We did with the Mons. With the Mons. Yeah. And so uh, it was a, what do you call that? Like, uh, like taking the, advantage of friends? A triple date? Yeah, triple date. Triple date. And yes, taking advantage of friends. Yeah, because yeah. the Mons paid. Thank you guys. Mm-hmm. That was so generous. Yeah, the dessert was the best. It was not. No, it was really It was not. It but was, if you guys don't know, it's Joey's birthday again. Yeah. The restaurant yeah, uh, celebrated mm-hmm. Joey's birthday. Yeah. Now, why did that happen, Joe? Uh, because you got there early, and before well, I first got of all, there, we got there on time. Nope, you were early on time. Listen, everybody knows that I am early everywhere I go, and I am never late. Oh, really? everybody knows that. So, what time did you get to the table? Okay, so Jen <laughs> wouldn't let, let me take her into the restaurant when we got there thirteen minutes early. Mm. So we stayed in the car and chatted and I was like, why don't we just go to the bar and hang out there? She's like, nope, stay right. I'm like, fine. So then we went in <laughs> at two minutes till, and then there was a certain degree of incompetence mm. at the, uh, at the hostess. Mm. Have you learned nothing from Adam? So, uh, yeah, I, I, I have. 
I have. I've, I've learned some things. Mm, yeah. mm. Anywho, so yeah, you guys got there before I did, and uh, you talked to the. You basically lied and told her it was my birthday, which it wasn't, and then they gave me birthday uh, month a terrible misu, and um, <laughs> I mean tiramisu, and then uh, yeah, it was good. Dinner was actually great. Really good fellowship. Good, oh, good solid Christian great. folk. We loved, loved it. It was a good time. Mm -hmm. All right, Joe. So we are in the Baptist Catechism. Yeah, we're on question, question five. five. You're going to read this. May all men make use of the Holy Scriptures. All men are not only permitted, but commanded and exhorted to read, hear, and understand the Holy Scriptures. Mm -hmm. mm. All men. All men. 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 That's right. Who's supposed to read that scripture, Jimmy? Well, well men. And, and not just some men. All, all the men, men, all of the men's that um, men's of all. <laughs> Piper would love that section. <laughs> Only men. Okay. Obviously, uh, this is not a reference to sex or gender, mm. uh, but humanity, humanity, right? mankind, mankind, right? And it's important to note that this is not just for clergy. I mean, the catechism is really clear in saying all men or all mankind. Mm -hmm. It's saying that this is not limited to the role of the highly educated yeah. or the the clergy that have spent time in in the mm. seminary or the monastery or whatever the the context was for those different uh, branches of christianity but all christians bear this responsibility and when we say all christians as well uh i think sometimes we kind of think okay once a kid reaches a certain age you know or once they become a young adult or right. once they can start going to high school um uh ministry then they should be reading their scripture at that point right but it's for all ages. Yeah. Even even our, our young ones, uh, as we are reading to them, right? Uh, as we're teaching them to read, as they're uh, reading then on their own, like we want to be encouraging uh, our young ones to be picking up scripture and, and reading it for themselves. And it doesn't matter uh, for some of our more stately saints. Is that okay. the right? You know? Do you mean old? Because stately isn't, that, that's the wrong word. It, stately? Like, yeah. like they, they, the, you can be young and stately. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, some of our seasoned, seasoned saints. Seasoned senior? Se seasoned saints. Uh, I, sometimes it feels like, oh, I've already read this multiple times. Yeah, yeah. I understand the gist. I've, I've heard the truth. But we're still called to read uh, yeah. and to make use of Holy Scripture. Yeah, read here, understand. I like that you said you know, the, the young and the old because, you know, oftentimes we don't expect the young to invest themselves, especially yeah, if yeah. the kids, right? Mm. Um, to invest themselves in it when they should be and they can be. Even if they can't read, they can hear you read. And yeah. um, if they if they can read, they can, uh, there, and there are even different translations that might be easier for them to digest, but that's true. And I, I totally agree that um, uh, a lot of people get to the point in their life where they kind of feel like I've done enough study, I've done, I've done it, enough you know? reading. Um, by mean, the way, I, and I've heard that not even from seasoned saints, people that have grown up in the church and their, yeah. and their parents were pastors and they themselves were pastors. Mm. And it's like, no, I, I get the storyline. You know what I mean? Like I understand yeah. the narrative and the points, the connection. I'm like, um, yeah, well, mm. we're going to talk about why it's so important to actually make use. But you said it reminds you of what? Um, no, it was, I was just going to say that um, stately means having a dignified, unhurried and grand manner. Majestic in manner and appearance. I think that's me. Yeah. I'm you can stately. use the, you're stately, but I'm you're stately. not old. I'm not, old, but I'm not stately. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the more you know. There you go. Okay. So um, all Christians, all people are supposed to mm -hmm. make use of the Holy Scriptures. Um, and they are supposed to be reading, hearing, and understanding, right? They're permitted and commanded to do this. So 
when we're talking about you know the reading of scripture, mm-hmm. it's probably like the, the 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 big idea, right? It's a Bible, it's a book, it's meant to be read, mm. and of course you hear it as well. But uh, this primary discipline is, I think, one of the reasons historically Christians have cared so much about literacy mm. and Bible translations. Um, you know, we, we, we support a missionary that's translated the, um, is Killian leaving? Yep. Bye Killian. Bye Bonger. Bye Bonger. So, um, we, we, we support a missionary who's translated the whole new Testament into the language. I think of the Oboe Manobo people. I'm not hundred percent sure. I don't remember. Um, but, uh, like, so the, like, we believe in this sort of a thing and mm-hmm. there is a constant need for the work of translation yeah, yeah. to be going on. And we did a little bit of digging on the stats. Now there are languages out there that have some scripture translated into it. So like how many languages are out there that have at least some scripture? Uh, off the top of my head, uh, 3,384 languages. Now that's a, that's a lot of languages, but how many people mm. is that? Mm, carry the one, 6.9 billion. 6.9 billion. So that's huge. That's like a really amazing thing. Yeah. Like they have some of the scripture. So like 6.9 billion people have access to some of it now it's, it's pretty Thanks amazing to the faithfulness of individuals yes. that went uh and and devoted themselves to learn the language yep. to learn the culture and to learn how to uh translate you know the word of god into something that they could understand even partially and like oftentimes like they it's not like they're just going to show up and they're like okay i'm going to learn your language mm-hmm. and i'm going to translate the bible into it um obviously you want you want a good translation and all you got there's a lot of variables but oftentimes they have to go in and there are there are languages where there's no written language so yeah, they speak yeah. but they can't read because they don't write and so they have to help them develop a written language then they can help translate mm-hmm. the bible i mean it's crazy. and then helping with the analogies right like oh yeah uh, white as snow wait what are you talking about yeah snow um so we've got uh how many, look, so there are 698 languages that have a complete Bible. Yeah. 698 complete Bible, whole Bible. That's 5.6 billion people. That's huge. I mean, that doesn't just happen. Like we're saying, it takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Now, how many languages are there that have no scripture in their native language? Uh, according to the study, uh, 3,969 languages with no scripture, roughly 252 million people. So overall, we're looking at what w- Wycliffe for Wycliffe Bible Translators. There are 1.5 billion people speaking 6,665 languages who do not have a full Bible in their first language. There's 171 million people speaking 2,115 languages who still need translation work to begin. So all of that to say that there is this exhortation in the scripture like to meditate on the word, to read the word, to delight in the word, to hide the word of God in our hearts and so forth. And to do that means that uh, you have to have the word and uh, you don't just have it. It's got to be written down, translated, I mean, primarily from Hebrew, Greek, and a little bit of Aramaic into a language that makes sense hmm. uh, to the people of the day. So when we're when we're talking about this idea of reading the scripture, what does it mean to read it? I mean, we're just saying read it, like just like mumble over it. What, what does it mean to read when, when, you, when we see this in the catechism? Yeah, I mean... Um... It means, well, you just said like storing that in your heart, but it also means hearing it, right? And receiving it. Um, but yeah, read it, study it, store it in our hearts to recount it. So it's not mm, just yeah, yeah. reading for reading's sake, but it's that reading to, um, um, as you kind of said, mumble over like or, or like chew on it, yeah. uh, taking it with you so that you were, you can recount it, at, at, that the spirit is going to use that and it's going to, mm. you'll recount it later. And so if, 
you know, if there's a variety of things we can do, right? So you read through it straight. Like we just gave yeah. away the reader's Bible um, to Justin Opperman. He was the winner of that giveaway. Mm. Give the six volume readers uh, Bible from ESV away. So that, that's a great for that. That's great for reading. Uh, maybe not for studying as much because mm-hmm. if you're studying now, you're kind of taking things apart and you're referencing other things. Um, but even if, whether we're reading it or studying it, what's, what's our approach to scripture? Mm, I mean, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, uh, it, what we should be is prayerfully, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, we should be approaching scripture just prayerfully, uh, humbly, yep. thoughtfully, uh, and willingly, uh, ready to respond. Yeah. I think. I think sometimes we fall into the trap of um, like, well, I'm going to study the Bible to learn some interesting facts mm. to develop, um, you know, a, a more biblical understanding of certain aspects of the character of God. And that's fine. That's, that's good, but it's got to go to the heart. Like that's got to be part of our approach every time. So if we're called to read the scripture, um, when it says we're called to hear the scripture, it's like, I don't know. I, I wonder if some people might be thinking like, well, what's the difference between reading and hearing? Obviously, reading means you're using your eyes and mm-hmm. you're not necessarily using your ears. But how is it different? And maybe we start with the idea that the reading of Scripture has always been the practice of the people of God, Old Testament and yeah. New Testament. Yeah, and it was read aloud so others uh, could hear mm-hmm. right throughout the Old Testament. I mean, Nehemiah uh, 8, 1 to 3. And all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could understand what they heard on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from it, facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday, in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand, and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Got to hear it. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's part of one of the reasons. Well, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to cut you off. Okay, go. Well, I was going to say even, you know, um, uh, why it's really, we continue that practice even within uh, the church today for mm-hmm. some churches with, with readings of scripture and responsive exactly. readings. And we'll, we'll talk more about that in a bit. It's, it's an important aspect because the word of God is the revelation of God. And in reading it aloud, you are declaring, mm. right? You are, I declare you, you are, you are. Uh, making known God's revelation that people can now hear and receive. Reading it is important, but you know, for for the the early church in particular, it was something that was heard more than it was read mm. because you didn't have your own copy of the Bible. You know, the Jews continued the practice even though at the time of uh, of our New Testament. Uh, in Luke four sixteen, it says that Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And so this was, and then he begins to read uh, from the scroll. Uh, churches and elders uh, are commanded to read the scripture aloud in churches. First Timothy chapter four, verse 13 says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. So there are a few things here, right? The public reading of scripture, exhortation, and teaching. Um, and if any one of those tends to get left behind in the life and ministry of pastors, it is the public reading of scripture. Mm. Because for a lot of people, the, the only public reading of scripture, for a lot of pastors, especially in the Southern Baptist context, uh, they'll publicly read on the Lord's day, the passage they're preaching. And then that's, that's it. it. Yeah. That's it. So... 
when you, you should be asking, what does it look like to be hearing the scripture and what should it look like in our lives? And so we could break it down and say, well, in the church gathered, what does the reading of scripture look like? And then personally, hmm. uh, in, on, in our lives, what does the hearing of scripture look like? So um, in the church, we could say, in a corporate worship, you should be reading more than you probably are. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I think we've had, I think we had six scripture readings at Redeemer this Sunday. I don't have, I meant to bring it. I didn't bring it. Um, six? Yeah, there was like. Uh, I guess the call, yeah, you know what? The call to worship. Yep. And there's at least three responsive readings or, you know, those things. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're not, yeah, they're different things. So there's, sometimes they're responsive readings. But anyways, there's, but there's, there was, I think I counted six counting the sermon. And, sure. um, you know and what kind of the and then you do one during so not counting the benediction, yeah. but then you typically do one Lord during Semper, con, but yeah. I'm not even counting that. But con, oh, you're not even counting yeah. confession. So oh, the okay. point is, is that like we are, we in, intentionally structure more scripture reading yeah. in it than any of us experienced in our previous churches because we we think that that's really important. It's valuable, and it's not just about reading more scripture. I mean, it's it's probably a good habit for most of us to try to read longer passages. And obviously you don't have to read, you know, three chapters of Genesis or anything, um, but that may be fine, but it doesn't have to be two verses either. Yeah. Two yeah. verses is fine. That's great. I think one of the readings was two verses today, but it's, it's also good to get the congregation into the custom of listening yeah, yep. to the reading of the word. And I think we don't see churches doing this more. Um, and, and I'm wondering if it's because we've, we've time constraints. Good or bad, right? I think for some people, um, there's multiple services. They have to be done by a certain time. And so they think, okay, what's, what's, what do we cut? We, we have one hour. We have one hour. So we'll you know, cut communion every week. We'll cut uh, maybe one or two songs so that we can have communion. Uh, and we'll cut the readings out. Yeah, I think I think that's probably a part of it. I think there's just like people thinking practically and logistically. Um, I also think that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's probably considered boring or non-interactive for some people. I think some people are just like, you know, just sitting around listening to somebody read the Bible. I, I wonder if people also, I'm thinking in our context, mm -hmm. view it more like high church. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like the, the people have grown up like Roman Catholic. They're used to that, those, their readings. And right. so it's like, is it weird for them? Like, does it, do we feel too Catholic when we do this? You know? Right. And there's probably a lot of different, a lot of reasons why various churches don't read much of the scripture like they used to. You know, the, the Puritans oftentimes would read a, a chapter from the Old Testament and a chapter from the New Testament. They'd also read like the Ten Commandments. They would, I mean, they, they read a lot uh, in, a, in a worship service. And I'm not saying we need to act like Puritans. I'm just saying it's, it's the word of God that needs to be read. Mm. We ought to be, you know, finding ways to incorporate as much of that as possible into the church worship context. And you can do that through reading, obviously, like a call to worship. So it could be a whole psalm. Sometimes we do that. Uh, sometimes it's just a portion of a psalm. Um, you can uh, turn a passage of scripture into a congregational read. So everybody reads it together at the same time aloud. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you can do it as an interactive, responsive reading. Um, and, uh, you know, it can be, you can be used in, in ways that are a little bit different in different parts of the service. So it's not always the same, but I think we ought to be finding ways to do it corporately and together. What about personally though? How can people personally start to um, he, uh, hear mm -hmm. the scripture, not just read it? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, um, for the young ones, making sure that we're reading it out loud to them, right? Mm -hmm. During family devotions or, uh, well, 
family devotions and uh, wherever prayer times and meal times, uh, bedtimes, kind of all those. But even something as as uh, simple as audio Bibles, yeah, right? playing it over the speakers, mm-hmm. you know, um, earbuds, using earbuds, using that, you know, the the Dwell app that we've talked about yep. in the past, um, and yeah, enjoying it that way. Listen, listen, this can be done, and honestly. If you have a good word and an encouraging word, um, share that. Share that with your friends. Read the scripture to your friends. Um, you know, I could be doing that more. You know, I think it's easy for pastors sometimes to be so accustomed to, you know, ministering with the word that sometimes there might be certain relationships where you just, you don't think to go straight to that, right? And maybe even when it's pastor to pastor. Um, but we need to be reading the scripture to each other, sharing that whenever we can. Um, Jimmy, I was curious, what is it about hearing the scriptures read, hmm. uh, that you personally like? Um, well, all right. Now it's going to be kind of two subjective, two subjective. Totally I know, subjective. but it actually depends on what's being read to me. So like for the old Testament, um, what I really enjoy about it is because of the, the narrative nature of, of what's being read. I think it it frees me up from when I'm not reading it, but I'm hearing it to envision or my imagination, like to be able to track a little bit mm. in a different way, right? Um, like to really fully immerse because I struggle with reading, if you don't know. Things sometimes go backwards for me. Uh, and so when I'm reading it and I'm trying to focus, like I'm, I'm focused so I don't, especially if I'm reading out loud, so I don't look stupid. Um, but when I'm able to just hear it, it's it's a different experience for me. You get it's like you're receiving it, right? Yeah. It's just yeah, yeah. I I like that too. I like it. So you said that's your Old Testament. Well, yeah, but then I think even um, when I hear like letters, because I think a lot of these letters were were intended to be read out yeah. loud, mm-hmm. and so there's something there as as you're at least for me as I'm hearing it, uh, thinking through like okay, how what what would that the context be for this people uh, that were hearing this letter from Paul, right? right. Um, knowing the situation, knowing the background, and then all of a sudden you're hearing, and, and, and in that same vein, I like to hear it. I don't want to just hear a chapter or a paragraph. I want to hear it through, you know, from beginning to end. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think what I part of what I like about it is, and I, I, I sort of mentioned it, which is um, it's it's something to be received. And when I'm reading it, it there is a there is a different approach. It's like I'm mining for something. I'm searching for something. Mm. But when somebody is reading it to me, um, it's there and it's just being offered. So I, I think I like that. But I I'll be honest, I particularly in, uh, like it and am profited when somebody who knows how to read aloud reads the scripture aloud because you can read the scripture aloud. And, and I'm not talking about you. You were. I was you not, were. I, I just shared not, about nope, my wasn't talking about issues, your and issues. That you had to do that. Nope. You, you read the scripture fine. It goes you backwards. Very you well. know nope, words. It nothing to do with you. jumbled up. Nope. But there are people who read it and it's just awkward, right? I'm not talking about Jimmy and I can hmm. stumble over our words, but there are people that read it and maybe it's there because they didn't practice it or whatever it is, but it mm-hmm. is an awkward, almost painful thing. Cause it's like, I'm just trying to follow and, and receive this word and it's hard. So I really like it when they read it well. Um, even uh, today, we, I can just say, because uh, you had mentioned her, uh, Jennifer Mon was uh, was uh, doing the offering for us today, walking through that, and she read the scripture, and she did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
how it's read makes a difference. And we would just encourage you all, if you are reading the scripture aloud, uh, especially in a service, be sure and practice that. You want to read that as if it is the word of God, because it is the word of God. Try that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Try that. Mm-hmm. Now, Benjamin Buttons Bedham, mm-hmm. he is our jam. He has a, a, a great exposition on the Baptist catechism that we've been going through. We link to that every week for you so you can find a copy and get it for yourself. Um, Jimmy, he's got some cool things to say here. And we're just, listen, he's got a ton of yeah, yeah, yeah. questions and things. We just look at a couple of these uh, almost every time. Jimmy, should we hear God's word with holy reverence? Yes. The Lord looketh to him that trembleth at his word, Isaiah mm-hmm. 66, 2. And with delight. Yes. Mark 12, 37 says the common people heard Christ gladly. Ah, but should we hear God's word in faith? Yea. Second Chronicles 20, 20. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And with meekness. Yes. James 1.21, with meekness, receive the ingrafted word. I mean, you get it, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. this is why I like Benjamin better, man, because he just, these are such simple, like, of course, we're supposed to receive it with faith mm-hmm. in faith. He's like, yeah. And now here's what it says in Second Chronicles. So when you're reading it, actually do that. He asks, uh, should we receive the word with settled resolutions of obedience? Yes, uh, we, we must observe to do from Deuteronomy 32, uh, 46. And then, I mean, should we desire to hear the word mm. again and again? Yes. Acts 13, 42, they besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath day. Oops. Mm. That might be a little convicting for some of us, you mm-hmm. know? Like they should desire, we should desire to hear the word again and again and, and again. again. And again. Man. So, you know, the, the, the catechism says that we make use of the Holy Scriptures in reading them, hearing them, and in understanding them. Mm. So to understand something, Jimmy... Why don't you break that down? What does it mean to understand something? Because you don't understand very much. So the, maybe the few things you do understand, mm-hmm. why don't you explain what it means to understand? Like, I understand, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that sometimes you are mean to me. Yes. Like, yes. you'll say little things that are maybe right. sarcastic mm-hmm. or rude. Yes, but really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but to understand is to, like, not just not to, not just to read it or to hear it, mm-hmm. but to be able to, like, decipher it, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to process it in such a way that... You understand, you know, to a certain level of degree, uh, the argument that's being made. Like you understand the point of what's going on. Yeah. Right. Like what is its meaning? Mm-hmm. Like what does this mean? And so when we're when we're told that we should understand the scripture, uh, it's should be obvious right there that not everyone understands the scripture yeah. because it's not automatic. Nope. It, I know that we wish it was, and I can remember my mom. Obviously, before she died, because now not after now because it wasn't she, after she's not she asking had... questions now. She's with Jesus chilling, but before she'd be like, but well, she might be asking him questions now. She probably, oh, she probably is. My mom, she was a lot. Of she questions. was a talker. She was chat. Well, it, or she was not at the end. You know, not at the end. Talk no. so much at the end. But uh, my mom loved to talk, and she always had questions, and she would be really troubled sometimes. Like what? why does Jesus say it like this? It's so confusing mm-hmm. to me. And uh, why wouldn't he just say it like I would say it? And like, well, because he's not a a white middle-aged American woman. That's why he's, he's a Jewish guy in the first century. Or maybe, according to the shack, maybe. Oh, yeah. no, I ain't going there. The truth is out there. No, that's not in there. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not automatic. And um, so it's got to be sought. Understanding is something that, that we need to 
look at and it, take, mm-hmm. it can take a lot of work. And why yeah. would it take work? Why would the scripture take work? It should just yeah. be like bing, bang, boom, add, add water <laughs> and prayer and you're, you're good to go. <laughs> I mean, well, it, some passages like click like that for mm-hmm. us, you know, but there is some passages that are more obscure. They're more difficult. They're more, um, they're, they're more difficult to understand yeah, than other clear, parts. Right? Yeah. I mean, Second uh, Peter 3, 15 to 16 talks about Paul in his writings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in terms of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. Yeah. I mean, and think about it. this is this is Peter, the uneducated fisherman. Right. So, I mean, he understands, right? Like, he's like, nah, man, there's some things that are yeah. difficult. Paul's trippy. Paul says some things that are hard to understand. And that's where, like, the false teachers go to work. Mm-hmm. They start twisting that stuff because it's not as clear as other parts of Scripture. And he, he, he clearly equates Paul's writings with Scriptures. Yeah. They twist to their own destruction as they do the other Scriptures. So, Paul's writings were Scripture, Old Testament Scripture, on the same level of authority. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's not always easy to understand some things like you said jimmy are a bit more accessible other things take a bit more time so how is it i mean that's the question then how do we gain understanding what is our hope and actually travel touched on some of this today in his sermon um what is our hope for gaining an understanding of god and his word i mean first uh the the promised helper that, mm-hmm. that the help that we'd receive on high, uh, John 14, 25 to 26, these things I have spoken to you while I am with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So how do we gain understanding? By the grace of God, by the Holy, by God's Spirit himself, yeah. uh, uh, opening our eyes to receive his word and to see that connection. And this is where I, I know, again, we're, we're, all of these works that we experience and and our attempts um, are frustrated by sin and, and limitations. But the Spirit does this great work of giving us uh, true understanding, mm-hmm. deeper understanding, and it's why uh, you know we are as united as as we are theologically over these essential matters, um, even these doctrines that appear to be. Um, somewhat confounding, like the doctrine of the Trinity. Mm, you know, like think mm-hmm. of the, the 2,000 years of unity that we've had from even Catholics and Protestants. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So th- when, you, when you look at, you know, where we differ, and then you look at the essentials of the faith and of the gospel, then you can see among historically, anyways, Protestants, how much we really do have in common. Mm. And that sort of brings me to the other way that we gain understanding is one is uh, we, we need the Holy Spirit. Yeah, of course. He guides us into truth. Uh, but we also need teachers who are in the church. Um, God, I know we, we, we all just think like, well, I, hmm. shouldn't I be able to just read my Bible? And understand I feel it? like you're putting pastors on a pedestal. Where do you find, what passage? You show me where I need a teacher to help me understand this. I have God. Okay, yeah. I have, I get it. I have I the you. Bible. Yeah. I have uh, the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. All right. Quit trying to micromanage. I'm not micromanaging. You are. You're trying to micromanage nope. my spiritual life. What I'm trying, first of all, let me just say this. Some pastors need a pedestal because they're short. Okay. So mm-hmm. first of all, not pedals, oh. pedestals are not always bad. Sometimes mm. they're necessary. <laughs> necessary pedal. Uh, pedestal. Uh, but obviously Ephesians like uh, chapter oh. four verses 11 through 14. I know you guys are familiar with this. Um, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and 
teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, Mm. so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So here we have, like, the God has given the church a, a number of of ministries and leaders. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. One of them is we, we have teachers who are used in part to build up the body, to to equip and educate members, so that we are united in our understanding of Christ, uh, growing in maturity spiritually, and saved from the difficult and deceitful doctrines of false teachers. So if you want to gain understanding, we can thank God that he's given us the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can thank God that he's given us teachers in the church that are supposed to help us along the yeah. way. And I mean, by by prayer and discipline. Right. right? Yeah, we can sure. thank God for this access that we have, that, mm-hmm. that we can turn to him and, and request, say, Lord, please give me understanding. Yeah. Give me understanding. I want to know you more. I want to I want to serve you more. Wait. Oh, it was a song. I want to know you. I want to see your face. I want to know you more. Yes. I want to touch you. Sounds eighties now. Just went eighties. Yeah, there's did Axel write this? Yeah. See your face. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't a I great song. I want to hold we all your sang. hand. Yeah, we Is all that sang it? it though. Uh, we all sang. <laughs> anyway, so but we we get to we get to ask him, right? And and we have that access to him, uh, prayerfully reaching out to him, uh, and just discipline, right? Discipline of of keeping at it, you know, uh, yeah. not giving up after the first pass. Well. We're, we're given God's word, mm-hmm. right? It is, it is, it is a gift and we're supposed to make use of it. It's, it's not, I mean, it, God gave you the word. You have the word. Are you making use of it? Like mm-hmm. that should be the question. It, how am I not? What am I missing? And what are you missing by neglecting it? Because all of us, all of us do neglect the word yeah none of us none of us are perfectly on top of it and certainly sometimes we have like a really good game going right mm. we're reading it every day mm. we're taking notes mm. we're sharing what we're learning mm. but then you know things things fall off so maybe maybe we can start by asking some questions like not only am i am i making use of god's word but um what might i be experiencing if i were reading and hearing and understanding it mm. in ways that i haven't been lately because yeah. the work that you want God to do in your life, the transformation that you need, all of that is frequently tied up in to the ministry of the word. So I want to, I want to, I want to be a man who yeah. loves God's word and goes after it. Amen. I know you want to be that way, Jimmy. And uh, you know what? Justin Opperman, mm-hmm. he's got that new Reader's Bible. Now he can finally become that man. Yeah, be, be that man. Justin be that man, Opperman. Justin. Don't be the Opperman. Be the Bible man. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram, Twitter, at Doc and Diva, or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DocTrineVotion.com. They can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. And if you go to the website, there are some blog posts and videos. Fresh pod. Monday and Thursday, I already said yep. it. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. Going I, to Vegas. Going to Vegas. I'm ready, dude. I'm, I'm already checked out. So yeah. let's go. I'm not checked out yet. We got, we got, no, we got I, more stuff to do. I got two more than we'll do. I got to do a video. All right. Here we go. So let me just have it later. All right. Later. Later. Bye. I'll say it. Later. later. I'll see you guys in Vegas. Bye. Later. Vegas. Hashtag. Later. <laughs>